Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Welcome to it on a snowy Thursday here in the capital city. Thanks for tuning in with us here on the block from 2 to 4. I'm off. Norman joined as always by the nine-year NBA vet, the Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland. We're brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Big thanks to Charles and his crew uh, for fixing warm plates of food on cold, snowy days like this. So definitely go check them out, but make sure you're being safe while you do so. Numbers to get into the show, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, and the Sergeant Heyman text line. We appreciate all your activity yesterday as uh, we talked about the college basketball Blue Bloods. I think we're moving off of that for the most part today, but still plenty of college basketball to get to looking at the Big Ten. Northwestern with a big win over Indiana last night. We'll talk about that. What does that mean for Nebraska? We'll also talk some Husker football roster situation. Uh, we had a couple players uh, announce that they're not on the roster yesterday. You got some names that you know, so we'll get into that. We'll play the shootout at the end of this hour, and then we'll also get a little bit of a Nebraska baseball preview here today, but the bulk of that will be done with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald tomorrow as the Husker baseball has its first game out in San Diego. Sounds like, Strick, they were able to finally take off. The baseball team was uh, out of Lincoln today to get to San Diego, but holy smokes, there's like a foot of snow basically all over town. What's going on? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna absolutely love that. <laughs> they're gonna get out there and, and feel really good about what the weather's gonna look like down there. Uh, some of the good things about the the, bas- uh, the baseball team is that they they got a chance to get outside, so the weather was um, was pretty good for them to be able to practice and get out on the field and, and do some things outside. So that was good for them to do that, so they didn't have to stay in the, inside and indoors, uh, get a little bit of breath of fresh air and, and just work on some things. Uh, in the open air, fielding balls, taking flies, uh, uh, you know, actually getting on some dirt and doing things like that. So it's pretty good. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into that more in the uh, three o'clock hour. But Shrek, I want to turn our attention to Evanston. Northwestern currently sits at second place in the conference after finding a way to pull out a win over Indiana last night. Final score from Evanston in that one was 64-62. to 62. Uh, Northwestern takes down the Hoosiers. Boo Booey absolutely lowered his shoulder. Looked like a running back trying to get that final shot off with the floater. But all of a sudden, here comes Northwestern. They were 6-5 and five in conference. They've now won four in a row. And strict their last two wins have been over number one, Purdue, and over number 14, Indiana at home. Northwestern looks the part right now. And what Chris Collins has done has been very impressive. Makes the NCAA tournament one year, gets that first win. And, but then other than that year, it's been a lot of, you know, right about 500, a little bit under. But he's, you know, paying off the faith that Northwestern has put in him. It might be once every four years, but once every four years, Northwestern is a really tough out. Yeah, and, and Northwestern found themselves uh, on the bubble of the top 25 uh, in the coaches in the AP polls. And that win right there is going to definitely move them in. Um, they've secured second place now in the uh, in the conference. Uh, they're making a case uh, for the tournament as well. Um, you know, those those big wins, it's always good to get those types of wins late in the season. Uh, obviously, some of them are going to probably want to see how they uh, do in the tournament. So uh, being second, having those, those bye days, 
helps tremendously in in making a case for that because you're not going to have to waste your energy, expand your energy. Uh, you'll just be able to come out and, and give it all you got. I think the thing to look at with this team also is is the fact that they're very guard heavy. They're very guard laden, meaning Adij uh, and Boo Booey. They, they've got great leadership at the guard position. Success in college basketball starts at the guard position. Um, the better your guard play, um, it's always going to make it a lot easier for your team to be able to uh, secure wins, and that's what they've got. Um, we know Indiana has it definitely at the forward and at the, at the center position. They're very strong in their front court, and guard play one out in this one. Big play, big shot by Boo Booey to finish the game off and, and, and kind of close it out for them to get a big win. You mentioned guard play. Let's get into that a little bit. Not only do you have two good guards at Northwestern in Boo Booey and Chase Audige, but they're old guards. You know, they're both seniors, which mm-hmm. is huge. Ty Berry yeah. had a good game. Um, he's a junior. Again, it yeah. speaks – we know that, you know, for most of the 2010s, we were in the one-and-done era of college basketball. But I think we're swinging back to where, you know, experience is going to win out more often than not. And because these guards have the ball in their hands, if they can be explosive, they can hit enough of those shots. Those are the guys who, you know, you don't need to get the ball to because it's already in their hands at the end of games. You think about that run that Kemba Walker made with, with UConn and how he took over that tournament. Is that the formula for Nebraska? Get a, get a four-year point guard, get a four-year shooting guard, and then try to get old and stay old like that, develop behind them? Is that the best path for Nebraska to take moving forward? I mean, that has been the play. I mean, the, the, it has been consistently the play. I, I think uh, we got overwhelmed uh, over Kentucky and some of the success that they were having in one-and-done uh, eras of basketball. But w- it, it's just there's no, um, there's no, there's no co- cohesion. There's no um, uh, continuity that's built. Uh, when you're when you're looking at those situations and bringing guys in as a constant turnover, it's hard in the transfer situation. We've got we we're actually blessed because you have to really be uh, consistent on your style. You have to find guys that fit the archetype of the way that you want to play. You've got to find guys that fit the character and the culture of the way and the style that you want to play the game. And not just go out and just find guys because uh, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in AAU systems. Mm-hmm. I think it can work to a, a, a little bit. But when you get a season team that works together, that that is very cohesive in their style of play, they'll eat you up. Um, because just just one-on-one ball is not going to work at the college game. It's just the, the court is so uh, shrink and it's so compact uh, when you're talking about getting into the paint. And and so talent can only take you so far. It comes to a point where you get guys that are seasoned, they're guys that know how to play the game, guys with high IQ. And that comes with being together over time. It's no different than what a, a, a SEAL team or uh, an, a, a beret team would feel. They want to know what, what you're made of. They want to know when it gets hard, when it gets rough, when adversity hits. They want to know that you 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 can handle it and they what they're going to get out of you once you're in it. And that's what seasoning comes with it because it's hard when you get adversary because adversity and you don't know that. Uh, Austin, most people revert back to what they're comfortable with, what they know. And they go back to one-on-one ball. I've got to make the big play. I'm the guy, you know, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in, you know, sometimes Russell Westbrook type situations where, you know, guys just take over and, and, and they're going to take a shot when you got freaking Kevin Durant right there. Who's that guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So that's kind of how it is. 
as you look at this Nebraska basketball roster and the guards that are on it, I think of guys like, you know, Jamarcus Lawrence, Kasey Tomonaga. I'm going to throw C.J. Wilshire in that two-guard conversation. Yeah. He's more a two than a three. Uh, Karan McPherson, who we didn't get to see because of the injury, and then Ramel Lloyd, who redshirted. Heck, throw Sam Hoiberg in there. Yeah. Do you see that being – do you see two or three, maybe even four guys on that team that within the next two or three years can develop to an NCAA-caliber backcourt? I mean, listen, I think that's what they're building. I, I think that's what they're building. They're building some found foundational pieces and keys. Uh, then at that point, you've got to sell guys like, you know, um, uh, uh, Casey Tamanaga on staying. You know, he'll be a senior. Um, he'll he'll be the leader of this squad coming into next year. Um, he can go and make a tremendous amount of money back home in Japan or, or somewhere overseas. Uh, that'll be a possibility for him, right? Um, you know, you've got a great young group of guys to include Breidenbach, who is still, even at his size, there's some things that you'll be able to do with him uh, to get him involved. Now, like you saying, you'll have Jeffrey Grace, um, who is also uh, someone who will be able to emerge after a red shirt. Uh, you've got great leadership and you've got a couple of guys that are coming in in a forward position. I still think you need to find a Derek Walker replacement, but a Derek Walker replacement as well. Um, with someone that's like Derek, a uh, beastly handles himself inside, but also with like a Dennis Rodman mentality who just like takes over inside the paint and dominates. Then allow Blaze Keeter to grow a little bit on the inside, uh, continue to work on his footwork, Denim Dawson to continue to work on his jumper. Uh, and then you'll you'll be able to find that these guys will, will be able to step in. You're going to hopefully get um, Juwan back. Uh, again, Q McPherson. They now listen. They say Q was on his way to being that guy. Uh, so him and him and Ramel also working together. They're young. You've got a good young group uh, that that are now getting to know each other, and they're being seasoned, thrown into the fire as well, uh, Austin. So that's going to be a good thing. That's going to work to their benefit. You mentioned those two guys that we haven't got to see this year. I mean, Jamarcus Lawrence wasn't supposed to play. Really, at all this season, he steps up. Sam Hoiberg, you know, people would look at him and say, well, he was never going to play, except for all the injuries. But if, if you look at McPherson and Lloyd as maybe your two guys moving forward, you can do a lot worse than having Jamarcus and Sam backing those guys up. No, no question. It gives you that depth. That's the thing. Like, look, with the style that this team is playing, um, there's probably some apprehension to run the way that they probably would have liked to run in certain situations. You're seeing them starting to do a little bit more of that. Jamarcus is really good at quick pushing and probing for opportunities there uh, for them. He gets that ball out and moves it up. Now, listen, when you've got that kind of depth, the style that you want to play on the defensive side of things, you can throw different types of rotations. You can throw different types of combinations out there. You can throw all kinds of um, different types of press situations because blow it out. Everybody blow it out, run it out. And now they're young. They've been able to understand what Fred wants and the staff wants. And hopefully they'll build a lot more. Um, uh, it's kind of like giving your child uh, more responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. the, the more you let them out, the more you allow them to do certain things, the more than you can trust them with more responsibilities than you allow them to drive the car. So this is the stuff that this young group is going to be able to observe. They're seeing, they're listening to. And Fred had to put the reins on them so that they can make sure that they're not turning the ball over or just they're haphazard with everything. 
They're just running everything. They're they're turning down screens. They're actually getting into sets. I saw just in that game alone, there was at least three times where I saw, ooh, I would have turned that one down. Or, ooh, I would have faked like I was coming out and went baseline. It was like the baseline was wide open. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about as a basketball player, just situational things. But Fred's got good reins on them, respectable reins that still allows them to grow and be successful. Absolutely. We're talking some Nebraska basketball, big picture stuff here on the block. I'm Austin Norman. He's Eric Strickland. The example I keep going back to, though, Strix, I pull up the basketball reference pages, Northwestern. Chris Collins gets there his first three years, 14 and 19, 15 and 17, 20 and 12, before he has that breakthrough year. Uh, they, they go to the NCAA tournament. They win that first round game. Could have beat Gonzaga, maybe should have beat Gonzaga, depending on how you rule that goaltend or non-goaltend. But regardless, first win in NCAA history or in program history. The next year, they're ranked in the preseason at number 19. They end up 15 and 17 in 13 and 19. Uh, then two years with you know fewer than 10 wins. Last season, they're back up to 15 wins. This year, they're back up to 20 wins. I know that. It's it's not fair. It's not good to say. Oh, Nebraska is a football school, you know. So basketball, you know, can't be good. Can't be expected to be successful year in year out. But say, you know, Nebraska has Northwestern level of success, where you're sitting between 14 and 18 wins pretty much every year. Is that a good step in the right direction for this program? I mean, uh, look, I'm not going to even say that that's the uh, uh, the way to view it coming into next year. I, I'm not even going to put that out there. Um, I, I think you want to continue to build uh, blocks. Um, I think I think over success is them getting into a, a postseason play. Mm-hmm. I don't care the way you look at it with the with the adversity that they had to endure this year, finding their way into a post. That's like leaps and bounds of success for what you're you're looking and had the expectations for this team. Yes, there were great expectations uh, coming in. But at the same time, no one expected this type of adversity and to have this this type of loss of, of playing to start with. You don't have Derek Walker, who has become a, a significant piece of your uh, success this year. And you you have to kind of find ways to play without him. And guys are just being thrown into situations that probably they didn't have expectation for, but they had to grow into it. Then you saw the schedule was very difficult. So playing that kind of difficult of schedule makes it a lot more easy for them to be able to handle because there's nothing to them that can scare them going forward. Even after this year, when they step into to a scheduling for next year, they're going to look at it and be like, the gauntlet we ran through last year, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is nothing. Right. So um, I, I really do, man. I think that they have the potential to shoot for the stars. I say shoot for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not going to put that on them to be like, you know, they, you know, 19, 20 wins on this team for next year. I, I think they have the capability of doing it. When you're looking at the kind of parity that, that's right now in the in the there's no one wants to take the reins outside of Purdue. Who you know, who's going to be Zach Eady's going to be gone. Yes, they they're good at getting seven footers in there somehow, some way they find a way to get them. But uh, and, and have them to be productive. But um, listen, um, those guys are going to get better. And. You, can you say for certain who it's going to be when you're looking at it? Trace Jackson Davis is gone. Can you look at Indiana, Illinois, any of those teams and say, wow, they, whoa, they got something going. The only one I can really see is the guard play and the forward play out of Purdue. There's going to be some success there for what they're doing. Cause they've got young, young guys, they're freshmen uh, and, and, and uh, they're freshmen there are having great success. And so that's the thing that you can look at and the continuity that Iowa probably has as a possibility as well. 
Absolutely. One last little bit on this as we play out the rest of this season for Nebraska basketball and look ahead to next season at the same time. Since Bandamel and Gary went down, Nebraska has really turned it up on offense. I say really turned it up, but it's not that that's a you know huge bar to clear, but the offense has gotten better. Strict their last four games, they've broken you know into the 70s, which is a big step in the right direction for this team. 72 points, 72 points, 73, and then 82. We, we know the conversation uh, coming into this year was, oh, Fred Hoiberg went all in on defense, you know, Adam Howard, the matchup zone, and they're going to throw some different stuff at the wall. They're going to be more versatile on defense. And they really bought into that. Without Bandamel back next year, without Walker, without a, a bigger bodied guy in Greasel, do you think we see Nebraska start to, you know, lean into more offense like they have toward the end of this season? Well, I, I, well, don't don't you know? Let's let's not let's not forget about it. Um, you know, uh, Ramel Lloyd is six six, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's Greasel. He's six six two oh five, so he's basically Greasel with one year. You know, Greasel six seven two sixteen, a senior, matured, mm-hmm. been around, had plenty of time to get in the weight room. You know, you can see Ramel Lloyd with that type. He is a point guard. He he was the point guard for that Sierra Canyon team. Uh, even even before Bronny James and all those guys, he was that guy. Mm-hmm. So Q's also a strong body, good, solid, uh, get after you type of guy. Queens Harden uh, type of guard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got he's got a little bit in his trick bag. Hopefully the injury doesn't do too much for him. Will allow him to kind of still free up and a lot of his movement. And then you got so you've got potentially three dogmatic type of guys in Juwan Gary. Lloyd's got that stuff in him a little bit. Uh, and and Quan McPherson's got that, and then you then you bring back, and you've also got Wilcher uh, alongside. I think their style may change. I think the way that they attack you may change. Um, they may go with some four, um, some four guard and a forward type uh, lineups potentially because you've got Denim Dawson at six six, who is capable of guarding, playing, and defending bigger players. Um, and and you don't have a switch problem when you look at Q and, and Ramel and those guys. So, hey, you could probably throw a pretty good solid uh, uh, group of guys out there at any given time. And just hopefully they can secure. I would like to see them secure one more type of, you know, just ooh, forward hardened guy with just a like a Ben Wallace or Dennis Rodman type of mentality on the inside. It don't got to be six, nine, 10, 11, seven foot. But boy, just if you got that killer with you and you're able to go and get it like them, I would love to see it. Absolutely. Uh, we'll switch gears in our next segment. Start talking some Husker football. Uh, Alante Brown, Hunter Anthony, not on the rosters. That's uh, two players closer to the 85 scholarship limit for Nebraska. But with spring ball right around the corner, who are the five most important Huskers to watch? Who needs to step up in spring ball and set the tone? Strick and I will dive into that and more on the other side. 